I'm Jake Thompson, and this is the Better Than Yesterday podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm Jake Thompson. I'm your host this week. And I am joined today by James Fitzgerald, founder of OPEX, formerly OPT, and the International Center for Fitness. Coach sits down, we talk about enjoying the process. How do you love that process when the goal is down the road? His philosophy for coaching and training, and how the winner of the 2007 CrossFit Games approaches every day to be better than he was the day before, and what people and systems he's put in place to ensure that he does just that. I think you're getting excited for the show, and so let me welcome in Coach James Fitzgerald. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast, everyone. I'm joined today with Coach James Fitzgerald. Coach, how are you? I'm great today. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Glad it worked out. I know uh, time change had screwed us a little bit up last time, but uh, before we dive in, I'd love if you could give a, a quick background of who you are to some individuals that may not be familiar with you or your work just yet. Yes, uh, I'm the founder and director of a company called OPEX. Um, we are a global fitness education company, and we also deliver uh, training programs directly to consumer from coaches. Um, former young athlete, uh, dislikes school, loves sport, uh, had a big injury, came to an aha moment that you need to develop yourself uh, more so as a human than just an athlete. Uh, fell in love with training to make myself get out of that injury situation. Um, loved fitness and the rehab and the whole aspect of it because it was a personal transformation for me. Went to school to learn more about it, became a trainer and a coach, uh, built that very successfully, um, then started scaling the model of what those successes were in an education platform, uh, which brings us here today for with me down in Arizona, um, married, Still a fitness athlete, two beautiful young girls, uh, 14,000 square foot facility, 26 employees, um, 2,000 coaches throughout the world, um, over 600 clients online that we work with for that online training program um, and having a whole lot of fun with it. Man, I love that. And I love the fact on your journey, you went from being that personal trainer coach to now essentially replicating yourself. Yeah. What was kind of that point for you to say, I need more of me out there, or at least more people that share my philosophy and approach to physical fitness? Um, and then how did you start to put those pieces into place? Yeah, well, the first one, I think I'm thankful to other mentors or people, like everyone has different beliefs, but I'm at a belief that at a certain point in your life at different times, things come in front of you and pass by that you're like, you know, you grasp on to that. And I was very fortunate to be surrounded by uh, mentors of mine, uh, life mentors, as well as like business mentors, which is really one and the same over time. But and they, they, would, they would tell me, you know, these little things about the long game, you know, about what that is and what that may look like. And to answer your first part of your question, that's what set up you know, these, these thoughts that I had on like, 
what is what truly is impact? You know, what is truly impactful in my own feelings, like in my state? And then when they would would say, you know, systems and all these things in the long game and whatnot, I was like, holy crap, like nothing that I'm doing right now is going to result in what I believe is truly impactful. So the steps, well, it was like the next day where, you know, I, like I say, you start with little nudges to change behaviors. So I can remember having a trainer work with one of my clients the next day and they, they ask a question. I was like, well, what do you think you should do? And that seems so remedial, but it was mind blowing to me <laughs> where I was like, dude, all you got to do is let go, you know, let go of your perspective on people not doing the job as good as you can of them not doing it correctly of the, you know, and you're just like governing this growth for other people. That was, so that was a massive learning for me on. So the answer I looked, I had people to thank who said, Hey dude, this is the long game, which quickly made me go, Holy crap. What is impactful? And then, uh, it was, and then the practice of it was like little pieces of truly letting go. I, I love that because, you know, before we hopped on the call, I made the comment that I, I love something I'd seen you talk about loving the process and you want your coaches to love the process. And I'm doing a lot of study and research just on the competition from a mental standpoint. And, and we always hold better when there's a finite timeline in terms of self-motivation. It's easier to be motivated when you see that end in sight, whether it's a workout, a season or whatever, versus that infinite, we never get there. Mm-hmm. enjoying that process and that long game that you're heavily focused on now, how do you stay motivated within that long game? Is it short wins? Is it other benchmarks throughout? Or how do you continue while you have a goal 10, 15 years down the road, maintain that focus and self-motivation? Yeah, I think that each person has their own uh, comfort level or consciousness of how they see short and long-term things. Because some people, we may want to put them into a very process-driven state, but it may not work for them. So it's because some people can be motivated or inspired by really directive, black and white, one, two, three, four pieces that are like way away. And they can get in a cave and just hammer shit for like eight years, right? But then there's others that, that flow and have this um, this mindset and this uh, uh, short like short term very real things that they see, um, but but when you talk about big long term things, it's, it actually can be very threatening for them. So it doesn't make it a right or wrong. But I just wanted to make that point that um, you know, quote unquote, the process is key, but how how you how you see it. And how you deal with short to long term things like you say time, I just like to say that it's very individualized. Everyone sees it differently. But there are systems that you know we can hang on to that are principles for it that I teach people all the time, which is simply, you know, if you set an aim, like you gave examples of physical aims, which mm-hmm. is great because you know we're physical, physical beings, so that's probably what brought you and I here. You know, we set these aim goals. Um but there has to be, like we teach, resources that are spoken of and a recipe that has to be put together in order to go toward that. So you can see by just saying, I want to do this, whether it's next week, this workout, 10 years, we talk about resources and recipe and where you're currently starting. 
which makes you immediately say, you know, whether you like process or not, it drives process driven things. And then it, and then it separates fantasy and reality too. Right. Because you start putting, like you say, I want to do something in three years. And I'm like, well, what are the resources required for you to do that? And you're like, well, I don't know. And I don't think I can do any of them. It's like, well, maybe we should change the goal. You know, how about that? But it's uh, it's something we're going to get into. I can guarantee you on this call, too. Of, uh, that's a pervasive message today that you just set your sights on something and, you know, you're going to get it. Absolutely. Get it. I mean, and it's a lot of a lot of people assume once you have that big goal, it's just an automatic reverse engineer. And a lot of times there's a massive gap that you have no yeah. idea how to fill it. But yeah. you need yeah, to so worry about getting there. What, yeah, and I think this is what you and I are really inspired by in the message of process is that the measure of a person, whether you want to judge or not, is how they deal with the adversity on that path, right? How do you deal? Like you said, reverse engineering, you know, maybe someone is right. They're like, well, I set this goal. I'm just reverse engineering. And you know what? Maybe they've completed it. Yeah. But what you and I are saying is like, yeah, but along the way, I can guarantee you there was growth and there was challenges. How you dealt with those challenges is the measure of, you know, the the, the piece itself. I think that's what you and I were uh, are getting after. Absolutely. You know, I, we had with the CrossFit Games Open just ending, a number of people missed their mark of not qualifying for regionals. And mm -hmm. so I had a conversation with a few that led into stuff online about how are you going to respond to that? I mm -hmm. mean, for those that didn't, you have the opportunity because people are going to watch you. People know you've talked about regionals all year. You were going to qualify and then you didn't. Cool. How do you respond? Because everyone watching you is going to be inspired or turned off by how you would handle that adversity. And it also impacts what happens next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you see, you know, I, we just are, yeah, we're, so we're in it right now, yeah. I mean, you know, based upon the opens yeah. being over, there's a, there's a, it's, it's not just for those people, but there's a cultural feeling of that. Um, of judgment and you are right like how people deal with this right now uh, I've always said it I mean because we've been, been in the sport of CrossFit for a long period of time as coaches of athletes as well as coaching coaches who coach people within mm -hmm. that um, it's a it's a wonderful social experiment right now you know for the past eight weeks um, someone someone's wiggling their wand and we're just all laughing having a good old time inside of it yeah. But it is it's a massive social experiment. If you really are aware and conscious, there's a lot of learning that's going on right now. Yeah, and, and so I would ask kind of on that note as someone that – because right now your focus, correct me, is coaching coaches and training coaches where those coaches are working directly with athletes. Yes. The physical fitness space, I mean, for as much training and everything physical, there's so much mental that goes into it uh, from that process where – Yes, you are personally coaching them, but to a degree, it's kind of that life coach. It's how we talked about that business and life intersection. Mm -hmm. How do you guys have a set formula for how you approach the more mental aspects of coaching? Um, and was that developed from your own personal experience as that person going through rehab? Or has it been something that's refined that you've learned while coaching? Yeah, so we do not have a formula, but... Um there are biases definitely in things that I learned about rehab, but also about uh, going through suffering through CrossFit. Uh, there's lots to be learned about my story that I fully own that I do place on top of our organization 
and it's not because it's mine, but because there was some a lot of really good things learned in there of successes and failures uh, to how to how to help people in that mental approach. Uh, one thing that we do do though, uh, let's take the example in context of one coach and a client, is we really try to develop in a lot of cases the deepest relationship possible around that person and the coach. And we believe that when that is developed to its highest potential, which can take four months or eight years, um, we believe that uh, priorities, true priorities and values bubble up. When that happens, it's very easy to see what inspires, what lights up, and what direction you need to choose relative to the mental aspects of the sport. Because if you were to dis- you know if you were to discover just I'll give you an example, you have a coach, you have a client, they get it for three months, and she's posting on Instagram and posting all this stuff, and she's doing real good, and everyone's like, oh my god, you're doing really good. And the coach is like, yeah, we got to keep doing this, good training program, and it's just going back and forth. It's like, well, this is what the coach does, and this is what the athlete does, and then there's a little bit of adversity, and then there's less Instagram posts, and then she wonders around the trust of the program for the coach, right? And now the coach has nothing to go on. And they're just like, well, I want to keep this relationship because they're paying me a certain amount per month to keep them as a client to move forward. But none of the values around why she's doing what she's doing was ever discussed. You skipped over it. You went right to Instagram and snatching and your relationship as a coach. But you never once asked, why are you doing what you're doing? Really simple. Because when that comes out, if the coach was to ask that right away and she was like, you know what? Deep down, I'll, I'll be really secretive with you because I don't want anyone else to know. I just want to be popular, right? If the coach was mature enough to recognize that that may mean love and acceptance and other things, but if the coach knew that, can you see how now, you know, working with that is there's no judgment to it. If you want to be yeah. popular, let's do it, you know? Yeah. But then the coach can say, well, you know what will make you more popular? Results. <laughs> And winning, you know? So I'm just giving you one specific example yeah. of stuff that can get missed that we don't have a formula for, but we just trust in that. And I teach coaches about it to develop the deepest relationship possible because we take it seriously and because priorities will bubble up. And immediately, then there's no dancing. There's no elephants in the room. There's no crap that that sits in, in, in that. So when you get to the opens, they're like, I don't know what happened. Uh, you know, you know, you didn't give me thrusters in January. You know, it's like, what the hell? Where'd that come from? So, and I, you, you're, it's obvious that I've been in that position before. Yeah. Both as the complainer and the coach getting the complaints. So it takes a lot of recognition of mistakes to just go back and go, man, we really got to fix that from the front end. And the way you do that is to build a deep relationship. I love that because authenticity and that open openness is, is key to any relationship. And with the physical and mental transformations that athletes go through over the course of a program, I, I find that amazing that you have that focus because you look at it in personal relationships and business relationships. I mean, from a team standpoint, your staff and team need to know they may need, not need to know every detail of the business, but if you're open and transparent with them about what's going on, you obviously work more cohesively as a team. That partnership with the athlete, you just don't hear a lot of bit about that because it's the Instagram focus of how do we get 
more likes. And, and I've heard you talk to um, Jared uh, Moon with 3Fitness about that and just the the online popularity that blows up that has a lot of superficialness. So I, I commend you on that because that's awesome and you just don't see. Um, I love that. And where, from your own standpoint, I know you do coaching on the fitness side. Do you also do work on more of the personal development side with your team and coaches to be able to obviously help them, I would assume, as much? Um, but is that a program or offerings that you're getting into eventually or just you're staying with training coaches to coach their athletes. Yeah, well, the principles of all of what you just discussed is in my CCP. So it is in, in my education where all the principles of that conversation are discussed in it. So it's all the same thing. Um, I still do pro bono uh, stuff with per, you know uh, friends or actually people that I really want to work with and nudge and make a tra- and help with transformation. It's something I've done my whole life, so I can't step away from. Um, I am that person, though, in the facility that can help all of our staff as be as best humans as possible and really determine what is valuable to them and where they're going. I do that with coaches on a day-by-day and weekly basis. Um, and I still have athletes that are not directly mine in the gym, but I still get to touch and do design with and talk about movement and fix stuff. So it allows me still to do that in the lab here. Um, so I'm not sure what your question was, but I... Uh, I still do it on a day-to-day basis consistently because it's the essence of it. I think it was a comment I was just going to make based upon your last thing we discussed. That's the beauty of coaching. The beauty of coaching is how do you create open space, right? How do you create this open space for sharing and learning and communication? Because you gotta, you got to be – remember, and we use it in, in terms of a continuum of masculine and feminine characteristics, which is not gender bias, mm-hmm. right? Genders here, masculine and feminine transcends gender. We all have those pieces amongst us. And the biggest challenge for coaches is to play that blend beautifully. Because a lot of coaches can be toxic masculine, and that may result in some people getting some success. Who are those people? The ones that need adamant direction and step-by-step approach of this no-bullshit perspective. You know, then you have a feminine perspective of a flow state with no direct, you know, uh, uh, competition to the masculine entity that I was talking about. And what does that result in a con of that? There's no direction. There's no direct like this is what we need to do now. So coaching is this masterful play of that masculine feminine balance, which is back to our point we discussed earlier. That's why I wanted to hit on. That's the challenge that coaches just fall in love with is to find that beautiful balance to create those open spaces. And I just love teaching that. I love seeing it like uh, happen person to coach all the time. So on that note of what you love seeing, I know you, you're building just this awesome brand and team and network. Why are you so passionate about making a permanent imprint on the fitness industry? What fuels you behind that? Yeah, um, well, I think... I can't talk in models of it or experiences, but I think a lot of things that inspire people do come from within, right? So I I owe so much to fitness. I can't even do it in a lifetime. That's that's the <laughs> that's my simple answer to it. So my dedication to transforming people's perspective on what fitness means, 
which really in my job, I do it through educating coaches, right? Because I can't coach 10,000 people like Tony Robbins in LA on a weekend. <laughs> so I'm going to do it through coaches so that they nudge people and they get inspired and they transform those people physically with a great base of scientific support, uh, which is what I love also. Um, so what I think it I think it came from me personally, my experiences in it, uh, those you know those big triggers in our life. You know, mine was the injury and also CrossFit. Those were those are two big points of you know inspiring moments, which could look from the outside of like, oh my god, you know that wasn't that good, but really those were massive learning pieces. And um, I also, to be honest, I I do not struggle. With because some people may be out there listening, going, Well, sometimes I don't think that my inspiration is just and worthy, and I don't struggle whatsoever with that. That's a key point I wanted to make on what that inspiration is because some, some people are a little bit quiet about what is worthy and what is just, and you have to see, ironically, if you talk about you have to see the whole uh, you know, purpose for doing it all as the learning itself. Like that's, it's the process about it. It's not what you choose as, as judgment, you know, right? you don't, you don't feel like, Oh, is that worthy enough by the end to really make an impact on fitness? And in my mind, I'm like, I really don't give a shit. You know, it's, it's what feels good for me and is what I'm going to continue to do. So I think, uh, that's going to create success for us and our business over time because we have this approach that's like, I don't care what you think. We're going to deliver this forward and we're going to make fitness like breakfast for people. And we're going to inspire folks to, to live a better, a larger life through fitness. I love that. And, and through a lot of your approach, the, the stuff I've seen online and gotten to, to follow a little bit, it's very data-driven. And, and I yes. love that fact. So outside of the athlete, I'm going to ask you a personal question. As someone that does a lot of work in the data field and studying athletes and how our bodies work, how do you, from a personal standpoint, take an approach to improve every day? What are you doing personally? How do you evaluate your day-to-day -day actions to improve upon that as a better business owner, leader, husband, father situation? Yeah, I, uh, I would say that I purposely know that I need to have reminders or markers of where things are. And the way that I do that through the examples you had given, I do it in my life with my family through consistency. So consistent schedule, consistent expectations, consistent um, consistency is just a word that I yeah. see. We love flow. We love rhythm. Uh, we don't love chaos, <laughs> you know? So that's how I develop with that. For my business, I've actually set it up. I've surrounded myself with unbelievably talented folks who force me to create weekly or biweekly or monthly check-ins on measurement of success and what our projects are and how we're doing with it and how to, you know, and now we've hired people who, who measure a project of a project and we have people who measure if they're measuring the, you know, like it's, it, it's becomes that in the business. And then, uh, for, uh, you know, performance, I have great people taking care of me. So I, I, but I say I purposely done that, right? So I, I set up those appointments with my doc every couple of weeks. Um, I have a weekly standing, sometimes twice a week, uh, movement specialist or a, a rehab therapy massage person that works with me. And I call her that because she's, she's just a freaking healer. I don't even know what else to call her. Um, I have check-ins with a NUCA guy, upper cervical, and uh, PT every now and then, whatever I need. 
Um, you know, I just got myself set up with those pieces because I need check-ins. I want my blood work done. I want to do checkup on my CNS. I want CRT and HRV done, you know, every number of months, you know, I need to be taken care of. So, but I purposely done that. So those are the checks and balances for those three areas that you've asked. That's awesome. And, and a lot of people don't even think about that, but it's amazing what the checklist and also the accountability of the people yeah. that you've put into place help hold us to those higher standards of improvement. Yeah, but it took experience of failure to recognize that the lack of measurement, which is what I proposed all the time, I was like, you got to measure, you got to have all this. And I look at my shit, I'm like, I'm not doing, I'm not measuring any of that, you know? And so what's elevated our business? Actually having people in place who look at my stuff and go, dude, that shit's broken. Like you got to fix that. And I, because I, I, I never did it, right? So I believed in it in data. I told coach, I taught coaches about it. You know, I did it personally. And then when it came to business, it's like we should actually see if that lead magnet actually leads to anything. You know, that we look at is it, like that was useless. We put two months into that. And that did nothing. So it's little simple things like that that I would say it's because of failures. So I don't know if that adds something to the story that people could listen to and say, okay, well, I'm just screwing it up too. Um, but that's the whole idea of it: is screw it up. Don't judge it, but learn from it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the point of, uh, from a physical standpoint, if you completely go all out in the first two rounds of a 10-round workout, you learn very quickly what failure looks like and how Great to adjust analogy. the next time. Great analogy. Yeah, uh, if, you, if you adjust, you and I are happy, right? Yeah. If you keep doing it, that's where we're going to need to pull you aside. <laughs> Coach, if for anyone that's listening that is intrigued by what you are doing, would love to learn more, is maybe looking to connect with one of your coaches because they're finally ready to take that approach um, mm -hmm. and really hold themselves accountable, where can they find you and your team and connect with y'all? Yeah, so you could search. We have, we have two separate pieces, as I said, education and coach to client. So two separate Facebook pages. We have OPEX Athlete and we have OPEX Education. Um, the website, opexfit.com, that sends you everywhere. It's got all the information, our team, our in info, uh, what we're doing, what we're up to. Um, you could uh, follow me on Instagram, uh, jfitsopex. Um, and on Facebook, we can be friends forever. And you can follow Opex Fitness on Instagram and Facebook as well. And I'll I, show you everything. I was about to say, and I recommend as a, a follower of all. So... Coach, okay. this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate it quite a bit. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's it for another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. I, I appreciate you as a listener. I appreciate each member of the Compete community, and I'm glad that you tuned in this week, and hopefully you found some value in what we shared and who we brought on and just the, all the types of content we're out sharing. So if you got feedback, like I said, shoot us a note directly to podcast at competeeveryday.com. Connect with us on social media. Say hi. Tell us you found the podcast. We love connecting with new members of the community. We want to welcome you. Uh, we want to find ways to connect you and equip you with ways that you can be better than yesterday. Have a great week. Don't forget, you can always tune into the show at betterthanyesterdaypodcast.com or we drop new episodes every Tuesday at 5 a.m. on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in.